Okay, we, just, we, need, we just need to have something that syncs it up. All right. Everyone clap in three, two, one. Oh, my God. That sounded so tough. All right. What episode is it? <gasps> There's 37. Someone. What? Lurking behind you, Dylan. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Actually scared? No. No. All right. Uh, should we clap again? Dan said we should clap like four times, right? Isn't it like we have to be well in? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, we could just kind of try getting ourselves in a rhythm. So it's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, <laughs> two, three, four. All right, cool. That should work. All right. You should, I hate be, you. should be able to sync that one up after. Are you recording? I'm recording. I've been recording for 59 seconds. All right. Cool. War Podcast, episode 37, go. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Mason. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Hi, Alex. Oh. Alex? Alex? A- Alex? Alex is down. Alex is Steak. down under. Snake Alex is in Australia, putting shrimp on Barbies and and hugging fighting hugging dingoes. koala bears and fighting dingoes, taking babies. I think he's at a soccer game. If they, that's what you guys call that. Call it football. Yeah, football. What's going on, guys? Well, I moved to Los Angeles. Man, fuck LA. <laughs> <laughs> so how's yeah. LA? Sunny. Is it nice? It's very nice. Is it 72? And Oh my god, the waveform from us clapping looks so stupid. <laughs> it's just like a fucking barcode. Yeah. All right. So, Dan, uh, Dan you, we're recording remotely for the first time in podcast history. We are recording remotely for the first time in podcast, podcast history. And I don't any, mean like word podcast history. I mean like total podcast that's, history. That's right. Any, any podcast. Any any podcast anywhere. Ever. So, if there's any awkward pauses or lulls, it's because... I can't see anyone. I mean, I can through video, but it's not the same. It's not. Dan the same. and I are wearing the same shirt. We are wearing the same shirt. That's Me beautiful. Too. No, I'm wearing not. the same shirt too. No, he's not. He's wearing There's some no shitty, evidence. shitty William Mary rowing shirt. That's right. Boo. Yeah, you want to know what? Because in rowing, you win t-shirts when you beat other teams. So you can't a, afford medals. You're saying you're a winner, Mason. Is that what you're saying? I am a winner. Cool. I am a winner. So Dan, LA, tell me, give me the yeah. The rundown, so man. got to so we drove cross Wait, stop, country. Stop, stop, stop. I only want to know about utilities in LA. <laughs> so they're <laughs> oh, all. I bet they're expensive. They're all included. I don't know. Like I have no, oh. I have no perspective. They're all. That's nice. I'm just kidding. Tell um, me about, tell me about the drive. Yeah, so we drove cross country. We we went pretty quickly, um, but we stopped a bit along the way. Uh, you know, a whole lot of nothingness in Middle America. Um. As it should be. Yeah. And then uh, Santa Fe is a cool town. You know, spent a night in Vegas. Um, didn't do much, uh, but got into LA on Thursday, kind of tired and ready to roll. And then it's been a really good three days. Uh, just, you know, kind of getting used to uh, our surroundings and checking out some areas. So we went over to Venice Beach, walked up and down Venice Beach, um, went to the Santa Monica Farmer's Market this morning, and that was really great. Uh, you know, lots of, um, lots of really good produce, uh, some really cool vendors selling awesome food and, and wares and whatnot. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, just been kind of exploring and, and hanging out. Um, went and pick- when do you start your job? Uh, start tomorrow. Ooh, I know. Ooh, holy shit. I know. I know. That's exciting. Yeah. Tomorrow's a work day. Tomorrow's a work day. So, so you posted that photo of all the fucking like furry heads or like whatever those were like yeah, the bunny. It looked like a screenshot of like oh, Five yeah. Nights at Freddy's. So, so that was. I thought that was the team one office and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, we, uh, we were walking around in our neighborhood and we found this really cool costume shop, costume rental shop. And, uh, and, and but yeah there was that that all those bunny heads and bert and i was like well, i gotta take a picture of that so it's awesome uh but it was cool it was it was uh we live in mar vista uh we being uh my roommate and co-worker kelly uh who listened to the podcast for the first time on the way here as we were driving um she's like turn that off just, just like stop Lord. dan like it can't <laughs> was it, did you, did you listen to the last episode we listened to the last episode on the way yeah um, Oh god but uh, no, it was good because great because we talked a lot about the UX stuff, the UX, the game UX summit that Alex went to. So she was into that. But um, but yeah, so Kelly and I have been kind of walking around our neighborhood here. Um, uh, we live in Mar Vista, which is just east of Venice Beach and west of Culver City. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a neat little area. We found a cool uh, a couple cool little coffee shops and and uh, like just weird little neat stores. Um, and, and, you know, LA is really spread out. So you drive, you drive a lot of places. So, you know, we drive up to Santa Monica or drive over to Venice and, uh, get out and walk around in those areas. But to take the one, uh, t- <laughs> we were on the one a little bit. We've been mostly, you know, trying to uh, yeah, spend the four or five, you know, hop on the 10 and, uh, Fuck you, just, you just follow the coast up. Just, just follow the coast. Yeah. You can do that. You can, you can do that. We're actually talking about doing that this afternoon. Maybe, uh, I have, I have no concept of geography in yeah. California. So I just think everything is next to everything else. I just think it's like, all right, here, San Francisco is right next to Sacramento. Yeah. And then right below that's LA and right below that's San Diego. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you look at a map, you're like, Oh, yeah, you look at a map and you're like, Oh yeah, no, they're not close. But, uh, even in LA, I mean, LA County is twelve. I think it was like something like twelve thousand square miles. I mean, it's it's huge, right? So we're in. Um, if there is no traffic, it still takes you from where we live, uh, like twenty five minutes to get to downtown LA. If there is traffic, it takes you like an hour. And downtown, it's just it's that far away. I mean, it's really far. Um, but yeah, LA is really separated into these kind of cool little neighborhoods and like cities within a city um they all have their own character uh which it's is like really a dream cool. within a dream it's like a, it's inception right it's the inception of cities um inception it's it's yeah it's it's laception but um yeah so it's really cool you know we're really excited i'm excited to get started at work tomorrow um no idea what you had tacos yet uh we did we had tacos yesterday i went uh yes. picked picked hunter up at the airport um because he starts work tomorrow also uh and he's living up in santa monica and so when when we went and picked up Hunter, the three of us went, and we got some tacos. And I had I had uh, lengua tacos, which are uh, cow tongue, and they were delicious. Yeah. It was so mm. oh, oh so good, so good. Um, Sounds like something you would like. It was delicious. Didn't you, talk about you would like it too. Balls last time. What's All that? Right. Yeah. If I if I gave it to you and didn't tell you what it was, you would just think it's like um like short ribs. It, it's just like braised, really delicious braised beef. Oh. I'd eat it if you told me if it was tongue. Yeah, that was really good. I'd just try it. (laughs) If you told me it was asshole. (laughs) Well. uh, I'll try anything once, man. There we go. um, Wait, not like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, so uh, you know, I don't really know what project I'm going to be working on when I get. So I won't find out that out really till I get to work tomorrow. But um, you're just going to be signing NDAs all day. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's going to be tours and NDAs and and spreadsheets and spreadsheets. That's- uh, we had to, we had to sign NDAs like when we walked into Deep Local for being there for twelve hours. Oh, I'm sure. I'm They're sure. just like, hey, you don't you don't see anything you here. See, yeah, <laughs> nothing. There's nothing to see here, and pay, but I, pay no attention I to the man behind the curtain. Describe what they were seeing, anyways. So yeah, all of it was like unfabricated metal. Yeah, oh. uh, but yeah, no, we drove by the office. It looks it looks pretty cool. Um, and and. <laughs> So, yeah. I like to imagine it's just a, like a strip mall. It's just like, a really <laughs> shitty rundown strip mall. It's 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 kind of in a strip mall actually, but it's it's a separate. It's, like a also. it's a compound. Uh, it's it's in like a gated area and uh, shares a building with Microsoft. So, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. It's right next to Deutsche LA, very close to Dollar Shave Club where Hunter's going to be working. Uh, very close to, um, what is it? Uh, Goliath, Dave, David and Goliath, David and Goli- that, Dave. which is where Frank and uh, Elizabeth Bassett are going to be working. So a lot of brand center people out here, a um, lot of a uh, lot of ad industry folk. So it is LA. Yeah. It is LA. It is LA. <laughs> so anyway, that's what so, I, that's what I've been up to. That's cool. That's really cool. Is it? What's the temperature like? Seventy-two and sunny. God damn it. Every day, it's been you're wearing, beautiful. You're wearing I will long say, sleeves, though. I will say what's re- so there's no humidity, so it's it's kind of like yeah, it's kind well, of chill. And we woke up this morning and went to the farmers it's market early, heat. so it was it was uh, it was even chillier this morning. So that's why I have the long sleeves. But um, it's been like sixty and raining here. Yeah, the past, so like, it, four days. I love it. It, I love it, it rained the entire way here when we were driving across the country, and it sucked. And then, of course, you know, it never rains in L.A. Except the day we arrived, it rained in L.A., and it was like you got to be you got to be kidding me. <laughs> It was terrible. Yeah, but, um, it was like eighteen inches. Yeah, no. Well, that's good. That's good news though, because they're 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 pulling back their drought restrictions. Yeah, oh, that's good. In sure. California, for sure. They've actually gotten. I mean, all the farming restrictions are still in place because they're the ones that use like the majority of the water. Yeah, but but you know, from it's a, still really exciting. I mean, we can have an LA Utilities podcast. We can actually talk about using water. So there we go. It's good. Did you water your lawn? Uh, I don't have a lawn. <laughs> Did you water your rock garden? Uh, there is a rock garden, but I'm not, I'm not maintaining it. <laughs> you're not, Who is? You're not the manager. Uh, the, the person in the apartment downstairs. It's their, their is thing. Is there really a rock garden? Yeah. It's got a bunch of like aloe vera plants and oh stuff. My he was, God. he was like harvesting his cacti. Just pot. <laughs> no, no, although it was funny. So we're walking. Cal- you can smell it everywhere. Yeah. You're walking along Venice beach and just like people passing around bowls and it's like, it's hilarious. Cool. It's weird. Not like weird bad. No, but. I mean it's 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 not my thing, but it, it you know it works for some people. And it was just funny walking around, and be like, oh, yep, there it is, all over. It, they definitely, they definitely <laughs> more laid back out here. So, did you see George Clooney yet? Uh, about four times. No, no, I haven't seen any famous people yet. But really, it'll happen. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, you see me right now, I, <laughs> but you're not in L.A. I'm just saying I haven't seen any famous people in L.A. But you're in LA right now, and you see me. So by exco facto, that's a term. Ipso, yep. ipso facto. Expose. Expo. Factorio. Factorio. <laughs> Exacto knife. Facto. Right. So anyway, fuck LA. Yeah. Fuck you, Dan. There we go. Dan, what have you been up to? Um. Well, if Dan, I miss you so much. <laughs> I miss you too, Mason. <laughs> oh God. Um. Well, if we want to talk utilities, I just did some apartment shopping and by extension utility shopping Ooh, so, yeah 
So I think we found a place. Where? And so it's uh, on Elwood and it's the one. Ac- it, what What's the cross street that's connected to the, the library over there on Elwood? Like inside Carytown. Like right next to Carytown. Oh, uh, Floyd? It, it's the one that Maine turns Floyd. into. No, no, Maine turns into Elwood. Yeah. Floyd. Oh, yeah. Right. Floyd? Floyd, right, right. Sorry. Floyd. Okay. Oh, then, yeah, that's we looked at a place right across from that library. Cool. You're close to me now. Yeah. You live in like the cool, you live in the museum district now. Yeah. That's yep. a fun place to live. Yeah. I mean, you you will. And it's like not a crappy apartment because like we looked at one like a block away and it was like $100 more and it was like a glorified hallway. Yeah. And then we went we went to this one. I was like, what the hell? It's like that other guy needs to change his prices like yeah. or something. Nice. Nice. Do you yeah. tell him that? Did you call him up? He was Sir. like, excuse me. We need, Change your goddamn prices. We need to have a conversation. Um, is it is it cheaper or more expensive than your current one? Or just tell me how much it costs. Uh oh. Uh oh. Do we Dan. do we lose Dan? No, no, no. We didn't lose Dan. Damn just, it! Right, I'm well, just, we'll keep I'm, recording. I'm just, I'm I'm just really good at sitting okay. and looking. Um, it's it's uh oh. okay. Maybe you did lose it's me. About like two hundred. Oh, there we go. Macy, you, Macy, you still here? I'm here. Huh? I'm, okay. you're, you're moving. I mean, okay. you're both moving. Okay. So I we'll just, take, can you guys we'll hear me? Pause at the little, it's, uh, can you guys? Just write down the timestamp of like can you guys hear 13 me? something. Okay. Well, it's 13 something on yours. Uh, well, mine's close. Mine's only a minute behind. Okay. Um, Can you hear me now? That's weird because he like came in for a second. Like I heard some sound. Yeah. How about now? Can you hear me now? I to kick him out. Can you hear me now? Just message him. Tell him to hang up. Mama, have fun. Should I pause the recording? You did? No, should I pause my recording? No, nah, just let it run. Can you hear me oh now? Oh, God, now there's two Dans. <laughs> oh, no. And there's two Dans. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, we can hear yeah, you. Okay. Okay. I, I, heard you guys, right. I heard you guys that whole time. So. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Damn Were, it. Did you keep yours yeah, recording? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm still recording. Okay. All right, so Dylan, write down 14 or 13. Is this, it's in is that this range? You'll be is able, this my lotto number? You'll be able to match it mm-hmm. back up. Okay. Um. So we're back. So Dylan sounds about his apartment. Yeah. How much is it a month? It's uh eight forty five. Really? Yeah. For the whole place? Yeah. Wow. It, it's a it's a one bedroom. Um. It's the first. Is it floor. a studio? No. It's a one bedroom. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a one bedroom. Is it a studio? <laughs> no. It's a one bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Like Whatever. that's that's the increase. It's a studio. Is like the whole thing, and then one bedroom is a bedroom separated right. from the living room right i've only ever oh we lost dead we lost, dan. Dan. <laughs> we lost frozen dan frozen dan is gone i like that the animation that it literally actually falls out of the <laughs> screens yeah oh no did we lose Mother. regular dan no probably no you didn't he's he's kind of you can't uh, your, your it's just your, yeah your video is shitty it's fine he doesn't have files like me it's files is amazing or comcast like me I don't actually. Yeah, I don't. My, I don't know what I have because I don't pay for it. So. Well, apparently it's shit. Yeah. We also don't have Sorry. to do the video going forward either. We can. We can next next time. <laughs> no, I guess we don't have to do the vi- next time we try this. We can just do the audio. Man, I might just want to do the audio. Yeah. I like video because I can see you. Yeah, no, I do too. And uh, it helps. Anyways, so that's cool. You guys. Oh God! All right, fifteen twenty-three now. <laughs> I'm. I'm still well, here. We- Oh, you're still there? Yeah, I'm just listening. Okay, okay, we oh. can't we can't hear you is the problem, and your in your video completely cut out oh. unless you turn that off intentionally. No, wait, yeah, Dan, you could mute your video. That might help too. 
How does he do that? How about that? Can you hear me now? Like that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can hear you, Dan. All right, say cool. something. Say something more. Something more. Okay. Wait. When I talk, you just see my little like. I see like face see, throwing an apple. Yeah, yeah I see a yeah. little like, you throwing an apple in a in a circular waveform kind of thing around oh, it. That's just my voice. Yeah. No, it's good. I like <laughs> your voice. Just constantly throwing apples at you. Oh um, guys! Oh guys! Back. I like that we see Dan in a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so it's not that not that expensive, and it's in a nice location, and it's nice. Um, and you're water. just a, you should go into real estate, man. You you can. It's nice, homes. and and it's nice, and you should buy it. So, <laughs> sold. Take it. Dylan, sold. I, Dylan, you have a calling. Yeah, thank you. So cool. Everyone's got how I'm not. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I leave next week for Pittsburgh. Yeah, no you, one cared about that. You got to pay for two places. You both Fuck do. That. I okay. no, I have to pay for three places. Yeah, fuck Dan has a house. <laughs> That's right. I have, mm, I have a, a mortgage and two rents. And a, yeah, and property tax. Yep. Yeah, but at least I that sucks. I get to write off the interest I pay on my house and my taxes, so that evens out. And my property tax well, for my house is insanely low because it's in the middle of nowhere. That's to nice. Every, to everyone that Dylan shared this podcast to through his thousand feed follower on his Flipboard thing. We are not an apartment podcast. We are not a utilities podcast. We are a video game podcast. We, I can just go into the feed settings and just change the iTunes category. We can go over to <laughs> utilities, the housing, real estate. Probably the sure. real estate one. Yeah. So video um, video games. So what you guys been playing? Dan. Daniel. So I have not been playing anything because I just drove across the country. <laughs> and so since the last time we recorded, the day before I left... Uh, the only thing I I played really was, uh, roulette and I lost some money. Not a lot, just a little. And then, oh, I, when you went to a casino? And then I played some slots <laughs> and, nice. uh, and that was that. Although I will say I need to go check out. I was in Hollywood last night and I get home and I'm looking on IGN and I see that, uh, Overwatch released a giant 15 foot tall, uh, action figure in in a complete like in a box with packaging and all that kind of stuff um, in the middle of Hollywood and so you can go up and see this 15 foot tall action figure in, in its box and all that uh, and so I missed it last night even though I apparently drove right past it so I need to go back and, and check that out because um, that that would be the closest thing I've gotten to playing video games since I got out here <laughs> is that Tracer it's Tracer it- yeah I forget I, for- I know there's one in Paris and one in somewhere in South Korea as well and I forget which characters are in those cities, but here at the one here is Tracer. All right. So f- first thing, I th- feel like Tracer is like becoming the de facto mascot. Like besides Winston, it's either Tracer or Winston is, for that is game. Is Winston the gorilla? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that and, statement. And then Blizzard has like a weird fixation with Southern California, which makes sense, but also Paris and South Korea. And South Korea makes sense, but I have no idea because they hosted BlizzCon in Paris one year. Paris hosted BlizzCon, really? Yeah, interesting. And I, just, I have I have no idea like what their fixation is because I don't I never consider like Paris a bastion of video game fandom oh. or development. I think that I mean, it's, a, it's a huge French game dev scene. Yeah, and I, yeah, and and U- Ubisoft. Ubisoft. I think I think that if you think geographically as well, Paris is yeah in terms all of the European countries. Yeah, and the big like the European capitals. It's it's 
I guess the most centrally located Berlin, you know, Berlin's a little yeah. far to the east. Rome is a little far south. Madrid is a little far southwest. Well, and, and all the trains run to Paris. And too. so all the trains run to Paris. So London is mm-hmm. kind of the only other other alternative, and Paris is cheaper than London. So that makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, though Capcom hosted Captivate in Rome one year. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. That's interesting. Yeah, they hosted it in Rome, and then one year they hosted it in Honolulu. <laughs> yeah, that's just a bunch of PR people. Yeah, like, right. I want to go to Rome. Exactly. Yeah. That's smart. Or, or sometimes cities offer like you know strong incentives for these companies to go do their conferences and whatnot in in their places. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I'll I'll go check that Overwatch thing out and report back to you guys next week. I'll let you know how the. Did you end up bringing your Xbox One? You know, I, I did not. Um, Aww. Yeah, I'm gonna, but it's all right. I'm gonna play some PC games. So. Well, and Overwatch might run on your laptop. Yeah, it might. I have to look into it. I think um, it will. It's really, really well optimized. Yeah. Problem is, I'm I'm worried about. No, I'm I I'm worried about playing it with a controller. I don't like playing. Plug an Xbox controller into it. Yeah, but I'm worried about playing a game like that, and and just getting oh. my ass handed to me with people who are when, you know have like high precision mice and stuff like that. When I played the beta, I played the controller, and it was, it was and fine. it was fine. All right, cool. Yeah, well, because so much of the the game is the, the reticles are big, and there's a shit ton of auto aim. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the I brought, game. Oh, go ahead. I said, um, I brought up the same concern to Mason before, and he was like, "Yeah, it's fine." So, well, and, and the game is so much oriented towards. I mean, you have to be a really good player to be exceptional by yourself. So when you have those big groups going on, a yeah. lot of it's more about like spacing and like tactically, kind of where you fit in the map around it, like whether it's like a supply point or whatever. So I, I don't, I don't think you're at a huge. I mean, you're at a disadvantage, but the game is just so fun. Like it's not. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that's that's how I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be gaming on my laptop this summer. Um, Dope. Play some 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 stuff on that, so I'll be able to report back on that. God, I wish you could run The Witcher Three on your laptop. Yeah, it's. I thought about it, but I just I I don't think it's. I think it'll be too intensive. He might. I mean, I have to. I have to look. I have to look up my graphics. What my my graphics card is is good, um, but I have to see how good. Uh, I, I think the minimum is like. I can't remember if it's a 600 series or 700 series. I feel like it's like a 680 or something, and then the recommended is a 780. Yeah, I mean, they, that game is so good. <laughs> I fell back into The Witcher 3 hard. I keep hearing about this Bloody Baron quest, and I swear to God, if this Bloody Baron quest doesn't like come close to like delivering an orgasm or something, like people are hyping it up way too much. Here. Quick question. I mean, it's it's not that you. It's just that you're so late to it at this point that it's a, it's a really well done quest, but also it, it could never measure up to True Detective season two. So I don't I don't know what you. Yeah, want. I mean, it's just few things can. Hey, let me huh. ask you this, guys. AMD Radeon R nine M three seven zero X. Oh God! You're just throwing numbers at me. Hold on. I know. Is that what's in your computer? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's right. a three hundred series R nine. I mean, the bigger thing is that um, a lot of what makes The Witcher three look really good is all the post processing stuff that you won't be able to use. Right. Be fine. And things like that. Just the, I love that game. I adore that game. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, hey, when I have some, when I have a little time on my hands, it's definitely one of the high ones on my list. Just because, you know, especially the games I like, the things that that I am drawn to, um, that's for sure my right up my alley. It's such a cool world. It's like a big Game of Thrones episode, though. Yeah. Just over and over, and you're just cool. I was watching Mason play it Friday night, and he was in some town. On it was an island, right? That's where you were. Yes, and, Galaga. 
and he he just watches this guy, this hunter, come run up beside him, <laughs> run past him, and just start shooting at this woman. Because apparently this woman was like between the hunter and like a group of ram. And so he like tried shooting through her to get to the ram and just pegs this woman. Shot her down. And then everyone was like all the goats are like running on screaming and like it was just chaos. And That's I was like, really what funny. is happening? And it just and it just happened randomly, like the AI made it do that. It yeah. was just, it bugged out. That's funny. It wasn't even like, like a cool like happening sense. It was like everything just broke. <laughs> That's funny. But like I just did this whole quest line because you know you go to this island place and they're in the middle of like the current king just died. So you get to help them kind of find and pick their new king. Is there a king's moot? Uh, sure. Is okay. that what that is? All right. Yeah, moot is just like a meeting of like higher officials to like elect a new king or yeah. representative. It's pretty sweet. I backed the lady. Lady King. Oh, yeah. Back to right into my... Never mind. Jesus Christ. Sarah is a intelligent lady. That would she's a, she's a good king. Oh, I thought we were talking about your girlfriend for a second. I was like, wait, what? Oh, Sarah's. Sarah's oh, okay. is her name. Got it. I thought, I thought the yeah. same thing. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Sarah, yeah well, Sarah's an intelligent lady, too. Um, But, yeah, the, uh, so The Witcher 3 is like... Uh, you know, I, I fell off that game... When it came out, and I probably got about halfway through it, but now I'm like I'm at the very end, and it's really cool how it ramps up towards what is the finale. I think because the whole game you're just looking for what's essentially Geralt's daughter, and um, it's just it's just a good like it's just everything is just so good in that game. Like and I can't I can't handle it. And it turns out it was the Griffin you killed at the very beginning was her daughter. No, <laughs> no, but like and I and I told and I might have mentioned this last week, but I turned the difficulty up. And I like it a lot more that way because you have to go through and like read about the monsters and like find their weaknesses or like kind of guide them to a place where they're weaker, like over water or something. It's mm. cool. That's cool. It's kind of like in Bioshock where if you thought through the scenario of the big daddies, they were a lot easier. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that in a game where like because you're better at the game, the game is easier, but it's not because there's less health, but because you actually are taking advantage of what the game is presenting. Yeah. I think that's cool design. A game I just turned the difficulty down on was uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, I so it down. I saw I saw you weren't uh, feeling that, huh? Um, so this is how Ori in the Blind Forest goes. It starts out really well, like like imagine like the intro to Up well, and then that's the first ten minutes, and then the next two hours is about like the first two hours of any Metroid. Or Castlevania game, mm-hmm. where you see a bunch of stuff that you can't do anything with because you don't have you see, the, the the proper things. I yet. love that though. You don't have the power ups. It's like, all right, I guess I'll bookmark this and come back to it later. Right. But also, you have a really shitty jump, and like you have an attack that like takes four hits of to kill anything, and it isn't until you like work up the tech tree. And then also unlock abilities. So there's the Metroidvania aspect of like unlocking abilities. And then there's a separate tech tree that you gain experience points through just killing enemies. Yeah. And then you can upgrade your abilities. Um, but yeah, so like the first, so like it, it takes about two to three hours for that game to actually get good. And then once it, once you unlock like a couple of the abilities, like it gets a lot more enjoyable to play. But to start off with, it's just, it's kind of a slog. Yeah. It's, kind of reminds me of my first experience with guacamelee 
um, which I yeah, really liked. Exactly. I liked that game a lot, but similar to what you're talking about. I mean, you start off yeah. in that game and you cannot do anything. Uh, but at least in Guacamelee, there's more like, I mean, I never got very far through Guacamelee. I might have gotten like five or six hours into it, but you can chain attacks together in a way that you can yes. constantly disable enemies, even when you have like the low, low powers that you're still formidable. That as long as you're smart enough to like chain abilities together, but in Ori, you just have an auto f- aiming attack that just shoots the nearest enemy closest to you. That you're just so you're just hammering on the X button uh, to to whittle people's health down. Yeah, like you're not. There's no melee. It's just this orb of light that circles you and then shoots stuff. Interesting. I didn't realize as you that. get close I thought, to it. I, I thought it was a melee based game. I didn't realize that. Mm-mm, it's uh, all it's all range stuff. But it's yeah. not even like there's no reticle. It's just like. Auto firing. Yeah, that's interesting. I still want to give it a try. I've heard the art direction is really nice. Um, oh, I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it and it took them four hours. I mean, four hours. It took them four years to make it. Wow. And apparently, most of that is due to the fact that um, every single like piece of foliage is unique. So like the entire level design, like the entire world, like it's all unique assets everywhere you go. That's cool. So, which seems really cool, but at the same time, it's like, well, was that really worth like all that, like, well, they got, you know, I mean, artwork. They did get, they got a bunch of awards for their art direction. So, if it if yeah, it translates, the game to, did well. Tra- yeah. So, yeah. if it translates to better sales, then you know, maybe maybe it was. I mean, it's and also just from an artistic standpoint, there's something nice about saying, hey, let's just do it this way. Um, I, yeah. I get that. I'm about that. Well, and it's it's consistent throughout too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's all handcrafted, like it does. It's there's something cool about that. There's a lot of games run into an issue where like you've seen a lot of the same asset, like Dragon Age two, where you're running through the same assets over and oh, over. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's the and same it cave every single time. Just different Fallout, different are Fallout three is like that. Yeah, Fallout three. Mass Effect one was like that too. Yeah. Oh, I love Mass Effect one so much. Um. Yeah. And and the way the characters move is really cool because they do the Donkey Kong Country thing where they're 3D models and then they like rotoscope them into sprite sheets. I love it. So it's like really fluid animation, but it, and it looks super stylized, but um, it's just a, uh, a an animation rigging that they can press down. It looks kind of like um, like they're going to be doing something like that. I sh- I can't think of the name of it now. The uh, the game that Insomniac is coming out with. Um, and, and oh, it's like the water one, the underwater one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks like it's going to have a lot of that stylized, uh, animation like you're talking about, which I think is really cool. I'm not familiar with this one. Um, it's the one that they're doing through GameStop. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, I haven't seen anything about that. It looks really pretty. Um, we'll see. How- I think it's smart. The game has being doing publishing though. They have to, yeah. I mean, they have to figure something out They're You know, they're going to lose so much in retail sales that if, if they don't, fix that soon they're they're not going to be a company anymore yeah but yeah ori's fun um when you get to the fun parts i just don't think i like that metroidvania style of like that classic style of okay you kind of just kind of flailing around until you yeah. unlock the higher level I'd abilities love, i'd love for Al- i like that I know, yeah i know you you like it i like it i know alex loves it i'd be curious to have to have alex play it and see what his thoughts are um uh and evan loved it too he and Evan never likes games like that, so it, it definitely pierced through um, his cold, cold heart. Oh no! But I mean, Evan's a big—you know—he plays Total War games. He plays, you know, uh, RTS strategy games. But he, he's not a big indie game guy at all. 
And it's such a stylish game that it's just funny. I think it pierced through to like the greater popular culture for whatever reason. Um, and he really liked he really liked the story in it. Uh, I know you were kind of cold on it. And yeah, thing. there's just a lot. It's just a lot of kind of like um, stereotypes that I wasn't really into. I looked up a lot of reviews on it though. A lot of people seem to really like the story. So I mean, it might go places. Like you know, I'm only like five hours in. So oh, I uh, thought you were done with it. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Oh, everyone says the back half of the game is where it gets really cool. Well, then that's probably. <laughs> I just need to play more of it then. A terrific blend of story, gameplay, and graphics, according to EGM. Well, I haven't seen any of that story yet. Like I said, like the first like ten minutes, really strong, and then it just turns into Fern Gully. I thought you'd finish it. My bad. Uh. Uh-uh. Well, I'll be interested to see how you like it wrapping up then. But, but it's just overall reviewed super super high though. The best thing, like I just unlocked this ability, which I love. But they give it such a stupid name. It's called Bash. Like, which kind of doesn't explain what the ability does at all. But basically, if there's an enemy or a projectile or these kind of, like, light fixtures in the world that you're close to, you can hit Y, and it'll stop time, and then you can pick a direction, and it'll boost you in that direction and send whatever you just boosted off of in the opposite direction. So you can just kind of, like, kick off this chain reaction of just, like, okay, I'm doing double jump onto this, wall climb, wall climb, wall climb, uh jump off of that onto this projectile and then bash off of that and then onto another wall and then wall climb that. And, and it gets really fun. And there are like challenges, like there are puzzles that are kind of based around you breaking this uh, breakable barrier by taking an enemy's projectile and then like boosting away from where the wall is and then sending the projectile in that direction and breaking it. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It just gets really frustrating when you, when you, mess up anything because Ori just kind of fucking dies like that. Like there's a death count and I think I've died probably something like 80 times already. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. I like dying in games. <laughs> and in general. <laughs> in general. So Ori, you're going to, I mean, you have to finish it. So how long is the game? Do you know? It's 10 hours. I heard. And how much, how far do you think you are? I'm about four, four and a half hours into it. Including the 90 deaths? Yeah. That's an estimate. Um, Last I saw it, it was like at 55, and that was about an hour ago. So I'm kind of extrapolating from there. Did you ever play Shadow Complex? I have it, and I played like the first 10 minutes of it. You didn't like that? <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to get into it. it was do, you, like, do you like Castlevania or any of those games? Not really. I never played any of them. Like mm-hmm. I played like Metroid Fusion and like a demo station once. I love Metroid Fusion. I've never I've never played the whole thing. I love the first Metroid though, Super Metroid or not the, the first the second Super one, Metroid. Super Metroid. Yeah, is I love Super Metroid. Amazing game. Super Metroid's so fucking cool. Yeah, I've never played a single Super Nintendo specific Nintendo property outside of Donkey Kong Country and Super Mario World. Well, those are two good games. If you've only played two games, those are two very solid games to have played. So. Yeah. I've never played Super Mario Kart or Super Metroid or uh, Mario All Stars. Mario All Stars. Yeah. Oh, I have played Mario All Stars. Super Mario RPG, one of my favorites. I've never. Yeah, I've never played that one. Yeah, so that's a cool game. Yeah, developed in cooperation with Square, and uh, that's right. And so it's it's like the last of the really cool uh, Final Fantasies, 16. like sixteen bit sixteen bit RPGs. 
yeah. but with the Mario universe, so it does some really cool stuff. It's a good game. It's worth it's it's the minute they put it on uh virtual console, definitely download it and play it because it's it's awesome. It's funny because I've never played any of those Final Fantasies either. And I'm telling I you, feel man, like Final Fantasy six or three, three here in the US, but nine uh, uh is is just phenomenal um i highly highly recommend it uh okay you know it's 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 an excellent 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 game because you know my favorite game is golden sun and golden sun is technically a jrpg but it kind of like brushes away all the japanese-ness yeah. about it uh so i've never played like a traditional like i've never played chrono trigger chrono trigger or any Tr- yeah chrono trigger is amazing too those two those two games final fantasy three or six really and chrono trigger are especially you know they they don't feel i don't know there's something about them that they are that jrpg the roots of that whole jrpg thing but they don't feel um they feel like they exist onto some uh, another plane it's it's they they really exist for their own sake in a in a really unique and special way which is cool i'm like I might give him a look. It's funny though because Golden Sun starts like the exact same way as Chrono Trigger does because it's your character you're like getting out of bed because your mom's waking you up, right? And like it wasn't until I like saw a video of Chrono Trigger I was like, oh, like this is just this is just a JRPG trope. Well, okay, and I mean, link you know, link to the past is that. But true, uh, you know, to your, mm-hmm. except you're getting woken up by Zelda telepathically talking to you, but you know, anime. Yeah, exactly. Anime, the animes. I love anime. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, is it Final Fantasy Nine top down though? No, it's, uh, the last the last top down was six. And then seven seven was the first one to have. But you know what? Nine might my nine might be top down. I haven't played it. I think it. nine was supposed to be like a return to form. Was it? Okay. And then, yeah. And then, and then seven, eight, nine. So they skipped nine, went to ten. Oh God. I had this great joke. I was hanging out with Mason on Friday. We were walking down Maine, and I looked across the street, and there's apartment address 2020. And I pointed to him. I said, "That apartment has perfect vision." It was such a good joke then, and it was such a good joke now. Yep. It just hit. It hit even harder this time. I think. Uh huh. Yeah, Final Fantasy IX is a top down. It looks great. Okay. I've looked at it in a long time. Yeah, look at six. It's it's, look it's at a, six. Um, no, I, I've dude, I've I've played through. Oh, you've, you've played it. Okay, all right. I didn't realize. Yeah. Right. Well, I watched my my brother was obsessed with them growing up, so uh-huh. like I watched them beat six, yeah. seven, eight. Eight is the one that I first watched, but six is cool because six. It's really clear that six inspired a lot of what um Fire Emblem would do. Yes. Uh, and it's and in art direction, bringing in that kind of like steampunk aesthetic that I think Final Fantasy is now kind of known for. Uh, six was the one to really usher that in, but also, I mean, the the thing with oh, six, but it still looks so. Like the, it the looks castle monsters. Yeah, and, it, oh, it looks man. really good, and and the story, it, the character development is is really well done. Um, same same with Chrono Trigger, uh, for in you know in that regard. So, Final Fantasy six art, <laughs> but butts and her. stuff. Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy. I'm actually really excited for Final Fantasy 15. I I kind of am too. Um, it uh, looks really good. That's Final Fantasy 9. Is it mm-hmm. PlayStation 4 only, or it, it's console exclusive, right? It's uh, not coming. To, it's not coming to PC. No, but it'll be. On, it's yeah, but it'll be on Xbox One. So it, yeah, mm-hmm. console exclusive. Yes. But the crazy thing is, is that so um, 
the Game Informer show, they do these like long form developer interviews and they're interviewing the guys at Square and they're like, yeah, if we fuck this one up, we're kind of done with Final Fantasy. Yeah, I read that. They, it's, it's it's cool to see them be so candid about it. Yeah. But that's how it is. Like, that's how Final Fantasy 1 was. That was Square's last game. That was like, if we fuck this up, this is our last game. So that's been true for over 20 years. Uh, I But I, I disagree, though. I think that you're, you're right about the first one. But I think that after Final Fantasy, uh, like Final Fantasy years. 4, 5, and 6 were, were very popular. And then you have Final Fantasy VII that like changed the whole fucking game. Final Fantasy VIII, like no one, no one sat after Final Fantasy VIII and was like, "We're not doing another one." That's it. But now I think that the the, the thirteen series, uh, the, the, 13, the trouble with yeah. fourteen, yeah, that that all. But lightning uh, returned. But I'm saying that the, she the returned game isn't selling like it used to. It's right? Sure no, thing. I understand. I think uh, I think they haven't done enough compelling stuff to convince people to return to the series. Uh, it's too much anime. Yeah. Oh, Final Fantasy 13 was incoherent, dude. Right. Like, I exactly. played the demo and I was just like, what the fuck yeah, is going exactly. on? Exactly. And and it feels like you can't jump into it uh and and have it exist as a game unto itself. It's kind of part of a bigger thing. Uh you feel like I have to have played all of the previous Final Fantasies to really even get some of the lore and feel comfortable and it's like, you know what? I'm just not going to bother. That's that was me for 13 series well, of and- and and 14 and all that kind of stuff so square enix has a way of doing that because like the first kingdom hearts what to me was i was super into it when i was a kid and uh yeah king so so kingdom hearts we were talking about super mario rpg kingdom hearts does that similar thing right where it takes it takes these exist this existing ip universe and populates it in that storytelling mode that square does really well um, mm-hmm. But I agree with you that 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 Kingdom Hearts, the first one, was where that really shined and and really. Di- when it was still simple enough, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was like a, it was just a little hero's journey. It's like Sora's got to go, you know, fuck shit up, and and Goofy and, and Donald are gonna be there. Now and, Sora's in high school, and Sora's got to you know, well, no, go, it, go to prom. They muddy their own waters a lot, where they 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 have this cool narrative, but then they go to like. Dark dreams don't die, or whatever. Three hundred fifty-eight over two days, where just the story keeps, like it. it and a lot of anime does, like you know, um, like Tim was really into Dragon Ball Z, and I was really into Gundam, and like it gets so incoherent at a point where it's just like, you know, they spend these like long episodes going into like just super deep detail and like everything, yeah. and I'm like, well, and they'll bring go- in like what is going on? Weird, weird political subplots and oh and yeah, shit it like folds that. back in on itself, and Dark, it, it's not Dark it's Dream, clunky. Did they did Square make did Square make Dark Dreams Don't Die? I don't even know what's called Dark Dreams Don't Die. I don't even know what's no, called. No, there is a, there is a game called Dark Dreams Don't Die, and it was because that's the one that's like 3ds, right? 3ds. No, that well, it wait might is be. that the one you're on the boat? Birth by it, Sleep is the 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 PSP one. No, Dark Dreams Don't Die is like a it's kind of like a Telltale game, but it's like really weird art. Like I it was uh, it was oh no that's a uh, that's um. I think I know who this is. It, this it is was that, a, on that, Games with Gold about a year ago, and so I downloaded oh, it. It's that's uh, not that that's weird. The, that's weird, weird guy. What's his name? Uh, he made that game that's basically a weird version of Alan Wake combined with it's, uh, Twin Peaks. Oh God, what's his name? No, that's D four. That's a different. That's a completely different game. Dark Dreams Don't Die is D four. Yeah, Dark Dreams Don't that's Die is D four. But it's, that's not Kingdom oh, Hearts. Oh yeah, I was confused. No, no, no. no. But anyway, yeah, Sorry. that's a totally different beast. It was a convoluted mess that I got. Suda fifty one's the guy I'm thinking of. Okay, but it's not Suda fifty one. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking on the page, the Wikipedia page. He's not on there. Never mind. Okay. Anime, it's all anime. It all comes back to Pokemon. 
Well, no, but I think that there's a lot to be said about, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. What's your favorite game's story? My favorite story? Like, the- favorite, like, from start to finish, you just had a really awesome. I would say Gone Home. Right. Okay. Dan, what about you? I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, um, God, Thanks. you know, I love, I really love Bioshock. Uh, the narrative, the narrative elements in Bioshock do a lot for me. Uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is another one. Um, but I'm trying to think there, there's, uh, you know, the first Dragon Age, I, First Dragon Age Rock. When I finished, that was one of those games that I finished and I sat down and like I put down the controller and watched the whole credits and it just had this sense of like sadness that 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 those characters weren't going to be in my life anymore. And that to me is a very powerful thing from a narrative perspective. Um and it's it, how Mass Effect 2. Yeah, and BioWare is really good at that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of individual characters, I think Alistair is probably one Dude, of the strongest Alistair's characters. Arc is so well. I like Morgan too. I think Morgan's really strong. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, and all the the turn and Alistair's cool throughout the series, though. He's cool in uh, Inquisition too. Yeah, I like Alistair. I like. Um, was it Miranda? Is that her name? No. Is Miranda Morgan's the witch? No, Morgan's the witch. I know that, and she's cool. Um, the other, the other main female character, though, she's like a bard. Uh, she had the bow. Uh, yeah, what's her name? I know who you're talking about. I can't. Remember. I liked her. I Bo- liked her story. Bobard. What? Bobard. 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 No, that's not her name. It's not her name. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I think you know, I think best narrative in a game, for me, likely comes. Uh, you know, Vice City uh, would be up there. Really? Vice City. I love. I loved Vice City. It was just such a. It was just it's a giant love letter to the. It was one of the eighties, yeah, and it, and it, and it just every moment in it felt like it was building this story that you were in this, like when that game climaxed and and got to, the, <laughs> I'm sorry, what when that when that game reached its climactic peak, um, oh, okay, you know, it just uh, you were so invested and so drawn that I think that the narrative did a really nice job there as well. Um, trying to think of more recent games, you know, I. Uh, you know, a lot of the telltale stuff because that's the nature of those games that the narratives have been very strong. Um, yeah, Firewatch, uh, recently did, did a lot, you know, strong narrative for me that really touched, uh, uh, touched me emotionally in a, in a good way. So yeah, that'd be, I guess I, if I had to say one thing though, I would say Bioshock. Because the narrative in that game, the world that that game is built around is just so strong and so fantastic. But there's also something like really um, pleasant about they, they they build this really, really interesting world, you know, around you. And I think it's something that games can do differently too, where like, whereas in a, in a film, the setting is it has, to, has to be part of, of either like pushing the narrative forward or like it has to keep the, the narrative grounded. But in games, you can kind of do all this world building around a narrative happening around you. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, yeah, for sure. Like, so you can there's there's multiple stories that can happen, but as long as you have this core, like Andrew Ryan, you got to get to fucking Andrew Ryan, right? You got to, you know what I mean? Like, and that I think is so important as a player because as soon as you go into all these other extraneous things, you start to fall off of like what what am I doing here? Like, what is, what am, what am I like the player doing? Here? Yeah, well, and that's and and especially when you realize what you the player what why you are there. Oh my god! I mean, it's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's, no, it's fucking it's well, that game's cool too because it's just it's subvert it. It was the first time that I think a game of a, a, a first person shooter like big budget game was like, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, for I sure. That was really cool. For sure. What are we doing here? And, um, I, and I think that that's part of the reason why Infinite kind of it was harder to kind of figure. I mean, I knew the whole what's her name Emily Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth yeah. Like the whole plot up until when you get here is really cool. And then I, I feel like after I loved Infinite too. Um, I I I I loved playing through it, but I don't look yeah. back at it, the narrative with such fondness. Yeah, I'm not hot on the skipping through wormholes. Yeah, solving nothing. I did like their character interactions. I thought yes. Emily and um, Elizabeth Booker's. Sorry, Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Booker's uh, chemistry was really good. I agree. Yeah. And I and I, I liked um you know I liked how they presented the characters of Comstock and uh Songbird and and oh, Songbird was so underutilized though man I, I was so I, excited for that I agree with that but I think his yeah. art direction was so fucking cool oh yeah absolutely the whole art Jesus that, art direction in that game period is is so cool. it's just hands down and I, I think oh, there's a lot of arenas in that game that are really well designed yeah any any there's one arena in particular where it's like four platforms, and it, the middle platform has an up and down stairs. I know and it's the first time. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, I know exactly. And it, it kind of feels like a boardwalk at a at an old like like fair, like like uh um like Atlantic City and Boardwalk Empire kind of thing. Yeah, or like like a, like a cone, that kind of Coney, Coney Island. Of, court, yeah, yeah but kind of. About. That's I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that uh, one. Just, just really well done. Yep, for sure. And like, there's like little things like the 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 big guys, the heavy hand guys. What are they called? Uh, uh, handyman. 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 Yep. The story of how they're like can't like trying to attack attack cancer inside of them or whatever that mutated them. Like that's yeah. really cool. And how they're like in constant torturous pain. I love stuff like that. Yeah. That's why I like The Witcher because The Witcher is like every every monster contract is like essentially like a Batman investigation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're going around. I will say with you figure out- with oh, with Infinite from a narrative standpoint, I really liked. Uh, you know how that jumps right into feeling at first I was very confused because Bioshock is the original Bioshock and Bioshock 2 Rapture is already fallen apart and so to suddenly step in and you're in Columbia and it's and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and you're like what's going on this is kind of weird and then the moment it hits is when you're in the crowd and you have they and you realize holy shit everyone here is is racist as fuck and it's just like everyone here is a Donald Trump supporter. It's right, really weird. Right. But it's oh. but it like it's it, it, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, man, OK, so things are not what they seem. This is not paradise. Uh, there are issues here. And, and I think that that really is a really cool way to hook you early on and get you invested in that narrative um, and, and kind of push that forward uh, in, a, in a really cool way. I thought everything in that whole sequence and that ramp up in that game was really good until it was like press L to be racist, press R to not be racist, and I was like, oh, or That's- press L to drill this guy's face into this hook claw thing. I just, I, I don't, I don't mind that. I just wish that they didn't even give you a choice because I feel like Booker's character was developed enough that he would have made that decision. But I still think it's cool they gave the player agency there. I just wish there was, I don't know, more meaningful good. choice. Well, and then like the race thing comes up all the time in that game, but it never really like there's never it never takes a stance on it. It just kind of presents it, which is fine. I think that I think there's certain things in that game that I wish I felt like it was more fully realized in the first Bioshock where like it was very clear that like 
Bioshock is like, hey, when you let like free enterprise and capitalism run free, like this, you know, and you let science go unregulated, this is an outcome that can happen, right? Am I, am I confused? Oh, yeah. abs- no, absolutely. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, especially having, Atlas shrugged. Having read the book that I just read, it was that that yeah. is absolutely <laughs> the fountainhead. Yeah. So, and and I think that Infinite is trying to like take the. This is what happens if we let um, I don't know, kind of like American pride go all the way. Yeah, it's like uh, American isolationism in a weird way. Yeah, but and it's hyper, and, and, it's, and it's it's actually hyper, hyper imperialism and, and right. Yeah. yeah. I just think that it, it, I, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just too stupid, but like, I felt like I had a better grasp of, of the angle that Ken Levine and the writing staff of that team was taking on capitalism than I did in Infinite. I agree. It's just, I think the audio I, diaries in, in the original Bioshock gave a much oh, stronger. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Like, remember the one where you find out that, like, Su Chong has been training you to kill a puppy? Yes. And that's, that's like where you start to realize that you're the person being controlled and it's like, oh, shit. Do you remember the ones from New Year's? Where they're celebrating New Year's and oh, you're in the bar so good. and you're walking around. Like, that one was like tragic because the lady was like super. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the book that I read. Uh, they, oh, you've been reading the, that right. They there. pull a lot. They pull a lot from the audio diaries. And so it's like you get more fleshed out scenarios of of the things that the audio diaries introduce in the game um, from the perspective of those characters. And it's uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy stuff. It's good stuff. I bet you would be cool to play Bioshock again after having read those books or that book. Oh, for sure. That's how it was yeah. for Mass Effect. I read the Mass Effect book about Anderson and who was the bad guy in the first one? Oh, uh, Nihilus? No. No, he, Nihilus is the other guy uh, that dies. He's the guy that drives S- the Reaper. Saren? Saren. But it's about him and Anderson like in the missions. <laughs> the one in. that drives the Reaper. Inspector. <laughs> boop, boop. But it's cool because it sets him up like why this guy is such a fuck up. And it's, it's just kind of cool because you get a really good idea of who the villain in that game is. I don't know. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Cool fucking stuff. I just don't care. Like, I feel like Ken Levine tries to do too many things with his games. Like, okay, we're going to talk about American imperialism. But also we're going to talk about theoretical physics. But also we're going to talk about... And it's like... And I mean, I feel like for as much as he tries to tackle in one swing... He does a respectable job, but I just get so sick of like, Mm. you know, he can write himself out of any corner because, oh, we'll just bend the laws of theoretical physics to our will because we have a, I think, but I think, well, but I think why he used that narrative device was as kind of as a way of saying the whole point, right? With Bioshock. There's a lighthouse. Is that there's a lighthouse. There's always a man and a lighthouse. But yeah, but that is right. The point is that there, there's a very fine line between how we have a society and and what would allow that society to break. Oh, I know. And I totally. I, and I think. I think he, his, he t- I think by using the whole idea of, of parallel universes, he's saying, hey, keep in mind that at any moment that one that one little sliver that's keeping that that thread that's holding things together could snap um and and go a very different direction and i you know i i felt similarly to you when i first finished that game dylan uh which one uh, in, in, one in infinite, infinite sorry infinite okay. uh that that i was like man the whole time and then blah 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 blah, blah i don't know how i feel about that and then when I played the Burial at Sea episodes, 
Oh my god, I heard those are amazing. They are. I've, I've, and, I've read up on that. And yeah. how that kind of pulled some stuff together. And then I said, you know what? Let's let's rethink about this uh, kind of from the bigger picture. And I, and I actually really appreciated the parallel universe thing um, because I realized that it wasn't. I thought I really looked at it as a scapegoat. It's like, oh, hey, this is how these are connected. Um, and then it was like, you know what? That it's it's a it's more. If you're really looking at the philosophy of it, it's hey, these are connected because at any at any given moment, we we really are kind of uh, societally. That it's not. It doesn't take much for things to shift drastically, and um, yeah. and, I, and I think I think he tackled that well in that series. Uh, but I also understand how I understand why he did not want to be involved in making more Bioshocks because um, he he told that story right. He told that narrative twice, and, twice, and it was like, okay, here's here's the deal. The, these two things are connected. This is how they, um, uh, this is how they link together. This is why you should think about this this way. Uh, and there it is. You know, I don't need to do this again. So I get that. Um, well, it sounds also like that Bioshock Infinite's development was so battled throughout the whole thing. Sure. That it, I think a lot of the issues were that that maybe that I have or that Dylan had that could have also been a product of like there were so many cooks in that kitchen. Yep. By the end of that project, that like yep. there might have been threads they were trying to pursue. That like at the end of the day, Rod Ferguson was just like, "You got to fucking make this game and ship it." We're already like, yeah. it's we, been eight years. Yeah. You got to go, man. The only issues I had with that game oh, uh, were all kind of mechanics based, not uh, not story based, not narrative based. Um, you know, I've mentioned it before the the lack of a map. Um, I love how the original Bioshock has a map. Uh, I also did not like that with Infinite, you cannot carry all of your guns with you. You have to choose which two to have on you. Um, that that was the other thing I didn't really care about or care for uh, in that game. Um, but the, those two things are kind of the only takeaways that I still would change. Uh, I, I've warmed up to Infinite a lot more since, since I played it, uh, what, three years ago or whatever. I would just love to see Ken Levine do... A realistic setting, or SWAT maybe like SWAT four, or like <laughs> seriously, or, he made that game. SWAT he, four, him, yeah, him and Irrational Games made SWAT four. It's amazing. Okay, that's one game out of all the other ones he's done. Like, or like a Twilight Zone type of thing. That's what he's, he's doing. doing or, that. or that's, oh, that's that what the project he's working on right now is is <laughs> Twilight Zone. You want things that he's done. <laughs> okay. He's doing an interactive. Okay, like an, I guess uh, I just want him to do them better. He's doing is an, an interactive Aww. Twilight Zone thing. That's what he's working on. I, I, I okay. do take some issue with I, I you remember saying I that. want him to do it better because I, I think there's you need more guys like Ken Levine in the, and, he, and maybe he, he's I think he's doing things with budgets that most people aren't allowed to and I think that's really exciting. I think he's a very strong proponent. I just don't think I, so granted, I came to Bioshock One way later, and I already knew the big reveal. So I was kind of like, okay, um, you know. And but I did go into Bioshock Infinite fresh without knowing anything. I still played it like a year after it came out. But like, I just I think he does character interactions really well. But outside of that, I don't think he's like a good. He like he can't make a very good plot. Like oh, I, thought, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Huh? Yeah, I, I think that. Um, we'll not, ask him it, his opinions on True Detective season two. We'll see what. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think I think Bioshock one as an A to B narrative is 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 excellent, especially like, for when it came out. But I think it still holds up really well. Oh, I think um, almost. I think it's almost better now. I agree with time. Like it's because it's so. I think it's so well done. 
and a lot of little subtle things that did well. You can see and I can really also say, have you, have you played that game through again, Dylan? Have you only played it once? Yes, I've only played it once. Yeah, that game is... is he doesn't have time. He has to watch <laughs> season two or two. That game is fantastic on second playthrough. I think I've played it three times now. Um, and and the second time through was hands, I, hands down the best playthrough for me. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. But yeah. I even liked Bioshock 2. I love Bioshock 2. I think Bioshock 2 gets un- unnecessarily or unfairly dismissed. Um, I think the story is not as strong, but I think the combat encounters in that game are still really fun. You know what? The story is... So this is where the... So I've played both of those games multiple times, and this is where the multiple playthrough thing really adds to the narrative because once you've played through them and and you go back and listen to those audio tapes that you may have dismissed early on the first playthrough, mm-hmm. and you realize how it builds that world and how it builds that story... Um, I think it does it in a really clever way. And so, you know, that relationship in in Bioshock 2 with Sophia Lamb and how, uh, you know, she is the foil to Ryan's extremist, hands-off, laissez-faire approach. Um, no, she, she's the, yeah, she's the opposite. Where and, it's like and, super pro-socialism. Well, well, and specifically just rallying people around people. And, um, but the relationship that you look at between her and her daughter and, and with Sophia and it's, just, I don't know, man, it's, it does some really cool stuff when you go through that second time. And once you kind of have the big picture of the first two games in your mind and you can go back and listen to those audio diaries again and you pick up the little things where you're like, you hear things, you know, like that was a person who lived in this city who went through the things that this city was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's the other thing that with the book uh, is that it, 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 combines the events of both Bioshock and Bioshock 2 into cool. so so you see how all the things that led up to Bioshock are kind of co-committant um which Bioshock 2 I believe happens before Bioshock 1 uh but yeah. but yeah you see kind of how all that comes together and it's just it's 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 interesting stuff it's cool stuff big- you get a proto proto big daddy that's better yep. in every feasible way than the big daddies that came after it yeah Halo follow reach. They had jetpacks and then they went away. Um, I really like the big sister reveal in, in Bioshock Two. I love I it. Talk about that. I love the, the I love the big sister. Um, I just like the the reveal when she comes in on the wall in that big yeah. big open cathedral thing for sure. Man. It was. Is that where she like carves yep. mm-hmm. out the glass and it uh-huh, breaks him uh-huh, uh-huh. and it floods the room? Yep. Dude, uh, God, set pieces in that game. Pretty oh good. God, yeah, but like set that's what fantastic. But that's what those Bioshock games are. Like what narrative is there in bioshock one outside of the atlas reveal you clubbing andrew ryan to death and then defeating when you boil it down that way there's no way to make a fair but no but i'm saying that like you meet all these kind of eccentric characters like you meet that doctor dude and then you meet the artist guy and like there are all kind of like so sander cohen well so but that's the thing though it's all all the story is told through the audio diaries the story is not told through the interaction like i disagree like i disagree because i think I think that it makes sense for Bioshock 1 since Bioshock 1 is like a dead world. But when they retread that in Infinite, when you have all these living characters. Oh, I agree that I agree it's it's less applicable in Infinite. Um, and I think that the story is nowhere near as strong in Infinite as Bioshock. But I think the original Bioshock, those audio audio diaries serve a fantastic purpose of slowly revealing how fuck how how it got to this place because you you realize very quickly that you are in a place that is just completely fucked and, and I, I would argue that the first bioshock is as much about 
pulling the curtain back on what Rapture really is. Yeah. As well as your your character's arc. And I think Rapture yeah. as a character in the first game is a way better realized character than Columbia. I agree. I but having never read Atlas Shrugged, like I'm I'm kind of hazy on like kind of what broke these people was it simply like all the splicing like because i thought that was a thing but if that's the case then that has nothing to do with you know their uh uh objectivism so qualities ryan wouldn't so the the big thing right is that even though he was promoting this this completely laissez-faire thing once ryan recruited you and convinced you to move to rapture he wouldn't let you leave and so the whole game's a, it's about what happens when you give one person all that power. It's a Kanye West song. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, like there's um, <laughs> things, you know, this idea of complete lazy fair capitalism and yet you've got these people that they can't get out of the situation that they're in. In that you know they bring the, they bring these maintenance workers down that they need maintenance workers, but they're not paying you know they're not paying these maintenance workers and the maintenance workers don't have the money to start their own business, and so what are they going to do? They're just stuck in the in the bottom of the ocean, and that's where they, you know, it's it's I don't know, it's an interesting commentary on society. Um, it's just it's oh, like, but also from I, the, well, hold on, well, I just meant also I think that outside of the commentary on society, I mean, the story is about this guy that gets plane wrecked. And finds this society underwater, and the whole time it's like this mystery of like, where the fuck am I? Oh, You're trying absolutely. to get out of there, and absolutely. then you find out that it was orchestrated that you were supposed to come there, and like, it, it, that's a good, that's just a good pulpy story. Like, that's cool. For sure. Oh yeah. Oh, you're you're Ray Andrew Ryan's son. I don't know. If I know. Yeah. And like, dude, that's like fucking crazy. I do. I do admit that when I like that was in the moment, I I I did like that. Well, and and and, and you know the. You know, I get that you you have this like you boil it down to well, you go and you go define Sander Cohen and you beat the shit out of Andy Ryan at the golf club. But think about it: so many characters are involved, and, and it's it's all about you either getting out or getting to Andy Ryan. And like, it's just this like, I think that's pretty. Well, I, think, I don't I, I don't think, take offense with that story. I, I thought it was re- not uh, maybe not revolutionary, but I thought it was really impactful. When you think you think the whole point of the game is you're working toward Andrew Ryan, and then you get to Andrew Ryan and realize that Atlas fucked you up. You were it was it's it's all this other thing entirely um and the would you kindly reveal is such a cool oh like, it's so good something it's that so would only good. work in games because as a player you feel like you're taking advantage of yep. in a way that movies i don't think can evoke no mm-hmm. no it's it it, it 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 uses the for just to shoot a buzzword out there but it uses the empathy card because you know it it like you said mason takes advantage of you as a player in a way that that really helps uh propel that narrative um and so from a narrative standpoint i think that it it, it that it, it becomes immersive um mm-hmm. rather than just you're be, you're not just being told you are living it you are living that reveal um you are slowly getting those uh clues through the audio tapes that you put the pieces together and you say wow this is what's happening to me that's really fucked up and um, i don't i don't i don't I, I think this game story even outside of the audio tapes is still pretty cool but the only thing that I want I want to hear Dylan's response to is I I appreciate not liking the audio log mechanic because I think it is heavy handed and especially now overused. But then you, you point to Gone Home as a game you really like where that is the mechanic. You find notes, you find. Yeah, um, but like they're not optional. 
I feel like is the distinguishing part because the audio logs are like done at specific intervals. It's not like, oh, I picked this up mm-hmm. and it's going to play. It's okay, I've completed this puzzle and now here's the audio log that's associated with that puzzle. Like if it was more linear with the audio logs, maybe that would work better. But like, and I mean, obviously that team that made Gone Home made Minerva's Den. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some DNA there. But like I found, I found that a lot stronger. And I mean, you could argue that the house that Gone Home takes place in is just a mini rapture or a mini Columbia because you're just kind of, you're exploring this seemingly dead environment and trying to figure out what's going on. And you're trying to un- reveal a mystery, but there's much more of a critical path there than there is in Bioshock and Bioshock might for me might suffer from the same thing that like the bloody Baron's quest might suffer from is that I've just, I heard, no, I mean, seriously, like I played that game four years after it came out and I mean like, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing it. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it kind of had its had its time and and then went, and then I came, I was like the archaeological dig, like after its zeitgeist, and then I played it. I think what I what I, what I, I get nervous about is that when you say that the zeitgeist, because that makes it sound like it's unearned. I don't think it's unearned. I just think that like I can't appreciate it because I didn't see it when it was new. I, well, yeah. When, I think yeah. you, uh, knowing the games you like, Dylan, I think you could appreciate it a lot, actually, um, if you went and replayed it. Uh, so I would urge you to maybe like. I when wish the, they would remaster it. That's the, the one game that I'm like, I want well, them to do. Well, it's like, supposedly coming pass. out. I mean, they have they have cover art and and all of that. So uh, it's been approved by the ratings board. So um, the, when the collection does get re released, I would I would urge you, Dylan, to go back into it with the idea that um, those audio logs are pretty linearly driven like you do get to a certain point and get something from them um i think i just i don't know i just it strikes me as a game that i thought i i would think you knowing the games you like would really appreciate um and so it's interesting I, to I me enjoyed to hear that it. you don't um i mean i mean i think i enjoyed infinite more because you know when i walk away from infinite like i remember a lot more of it sure like i experienced it but I think for Bioshock, just since I've like so much of that kind of seeped into the public mindset before I touched it, I don't really think like my individual experience on it made an impact as much as like what I heard from other people. Yeah. I also, so. I wasn't super into um, following games before the first Bioshock came out. Like, I mean, like I was super into games. Like I played them all the time, but I didn't like read about games as much or like, cause it came out what? 2008. Yeah. It was like it was like a year or two after the 360 came out. Yeah. So I was still, you know, like I, I would read like IGN and stuff every once in a while when I was a kid, but like we only had one computer in my house. So I wasn't well, reading I w- a lot. I would listen to the Joystick podcast back then and just they would always talk about Bioshock and objectivism in the same breadth. And obviously because it's a reference because of Anne Rand. But like they're just like objectivism, 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 and then I remember renting Bioshock once and getting I don't know like a, an hour or two uh, through it, and I actually thought it was really scary. So I was like, I can't that's play the, this right now. That's another really good thing about Bioshock, though, is that I like yes. the survival horror influences of that series yes. more than I like the action influences. And so, um, 
you know, I played a little bit of it and then I didn't get back to it until a couple years later. And then I remember, I think I was watching a Mega 64 podcast and they were talking about it and like, they were all just like, I don't get it. It's like, it's a fucking first person shooter. I don't get it. And I was like, yeah, I kind of see that. Like, I see that a lot more than I, and I didn't like understand what objectivism was at the point. Now that I kind of understand that philosophy. Um, but also it, it, it's the kind of game like, you know, um, some people really like that, that movie Brooklyn that came out and some people didn't, you know, like, I think that it's also, it might oh, not sure. just be for you. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. But the Bloody Baron Quest is fucking dope. <laughs> I think the Bloody Baron Quest in The Witcher 3, to kind of side side, and it's something that Bioshock 1 did too, is that it's tackling themes and games that either haven't been tackled by the medium before or were like adult or mature or took a level of like, it, it had more faith in you as, a, as an audience member to like understand what's going on. And that's what the Bloody Baron, the Bloody Baron quest to kind of give you, it, it tackles a lot about like domestic violence and that kind of thing. And it's really, it, it doesn't attack for way. And like, it gives you a lot of agency of, of how do you feel about this? Not, you can't be like, you can't just be Geralt and like beating his wife for him. But like, it's <laughs> not fun. I'll that's make that. the decision. But, that's why I think that's why that games like Bioshock, games like Gone Home, Gone Home is the same thing. It it it, it tackles uh, a, a cultural touch point, but also trusts you as an audience to understand that, like, you know, this is this is something important, and this is something that we want to tackle with this media. So I think I think that's why these games hit hard. I I, I it's just something I think it's a combination of like Ken Levine's personality, Ken Levine's kind of kind of boldness to you know, try to push forward the narrative things he's interested in and kind of how Bioshock, the similarities between Bioshock and then System Shock and like how he, you know, it was like he was trying to, in, in some ways he was trying to make a better System Shock, but obviously he was he was using different thematical elements. But also just to me, that, that world seems so fractured. Like it just seems like it's pulling from so many things. Just, just like Bioshock? how Columbia feels. Yeah, I feel like mm. it's just like, it, it, it just it doesn't feel like like an underwater city as much as it feels like a carnival ride just the way things are lit up and how it's kind of it, it it's 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 treated like levels and like dude i almost think I, it's interesting because i bioshock one was way better at making a city feeling city yeah i couldn't districts i couldn't disagree I, more i i yeah. i i i there's all the flood lighting and then when you get into like yeah. the 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 area where it's like the where all the powers kept the floodlighting's red and it like makes you think like the the planet at the end of Revenge of the Sith like I just got well, that's the power that's the power source so they built it around a volcano so that it had a power they had a, a way to use geothermal power source it added red floodlights everywhere like of know. course yeah but I, I, love, I still I still I, felt I adore like I was, the when I was direction in, the in that game fishing district I was in like a fishing district yeah I was right in, there are some parts that feel feel good like yeah like and some the shopping of the, like, areas and the bars so that was, like that that's the felt thing. like a that city. for me is one of the biggest things about that game is it felt like such a fully realized immersive city for me um it felt and, like it felt like you were in this city that had been created and you were watching especially I mean the, the other thing like I know you said you came to it late, Dylan, but I came to it in 2008 when that game came out. When that game came out, it changed things. It there were not games like that at that point. And Dan was a boy before that game came out, and he left a man. <laughs> Beard it, just it took, sprouted. That's right. It took my it took my innocence. Um, oh no! 
<laughs> Show me on the Andrew Ryan doll. That's where where it where it, where it clubbed me. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, but no, no, it it. Um, I don't know. I I. I mean, I guess I just don't see it. But I think for me, that's that was part of that thing is that it, it felt like this real realized city. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like I that that's the thing that the game almost I think does the best, which is why I think I'm just I'm interested in why you think it feels so ham-fisted also i don't know you know ken levine made system shock 2 right that's what i'm saying oh okay. like that's like like it it, it, it i think part of that was kind of like mm-hmm. you know not not necessarily a tr- retread because i've never played system shock but i know like the whole shodan thing but shodan is kind of like andrew ryan well i mean or and, fontaine every, like, every writer's got one story they tell over and over <laughs> like it's it, well, mean, that's the whole thing right is there's only two stories that have ever been written in history it's romeo and juliet and, and I forget, the bible no i forget what the other one was uh I'm just kidding but it's basically and bioshock everything in the world there's everything in the world has a you know it's uh, comedies and drama right and histories. histories yeah so um but what in so about world building then I, I so to that point i would say that i think the ishimura and Dead Space One feels like is, a ship. I agree. Feels way more concrete to me than Rapture did. See, and it's interesting Asian because I, I feel differently. I feel I've, it might be just art direction. It might be just the fact that they didn't like segmentize like the districts. See, and, like, I like okay, but I did feel like it was more segmented. I felt like it was more because you get in the tram linear, and it's like here's but you do that you get in the bathosphere no, 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 in, no, not, in Rapture. I know you do. I know you do. But I I Hard felt I know you do. But what am I? I felt that Bioshock was more fully realized like i could i felt like there was a world outside of what i was doing in bioshock even if i didn't see it at the time um whereas with dead space and i think for the for the way that that game is constructed you're you're supposed to feel isolated because that's part of that whole survival horror thing but um i i felt more uh i felt like it was much more contained and kind of insular um but yeah I so on so the fun, what's weird about Dead Space is that to me I feel they're both very similar in developing a space that you're in because they both do a similar thing where in Bioshock when you're moving between areas you take the tram you know what I mean yeah and they show you on the map where you're in the city and the Ishimura does the exact same thing yep oh for sure from second. but I also I felt like the Ishimura was really well realized for a lot of the same reasons that Bioshock was well realized because they had all these audio logs these text logs and it did feel like this was a mining ship at one point um yeah no very similar very similar uh feeling for those for those reasons that you mentioned mason i agree and 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 i think dead space 2 did a really good job of um whereas the ishimura felt and maybe it didn't feel as realized to you i felt dead space 2 i I felt like i understood like the society and because they really like flesh out that religion and stuff yeah and i haven't haven't played dead space 2 yet what Um, yeah neither have i i've never even finished one what they're both excellent oh it's too scary good Oh, see, I hate scary things, but I love I love the Dead Space series. I'm I'm stuck at that part where you get chased down by like the giant flesh monster thing that the doctor makes, mm-hmm. and I've never gotten past that. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, both. I mean, if you have, I mean, Dan especially because you're on your computer this summer, you can pay five dollars a month and get access to all the Dead Space games. Yep. You know, looking at it and looking how much Dead Space, like, structurally is actually similar to Bioshock, I mean... Well, Dead Space think... was originally supposed to be a System Shock sequel. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. That, make, that yeah. makes sense. They were, they were originally going to... At some point, I mean, it was probably way early in that project, but that, right. they went into that because EA is like, well, we had the license, and then they lost it or something. I don't remember. And 
I'm not I don't know. I, I, I just, I just, I guess I just don't like Bioshock One. That's not. That's just that's, you're just I, wrong. I do you're think wrong. you're no, so no, okay. fucking wrong. I, I think, I think that you did not get out of Bioshock One what a lot of people did. I think that's that's obvious. But I also think that, I think that if you replayed it, I think you might get more out of it. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the time I had with it, but I just don't have the reverence that I see a lot of other people express for it. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> the, um, the well, it, you see, I, I find that with a lot of, especially things that you go into knowing they're popular doing, you tend to come out wanting to find the flaws in them, especially when you come back to them. Which I don't know if that's true or not, but. For, for a lot of things that it seems I rewatched like- all of True Detective season one. I have this annotated list <laughs> where True oh, Detective no, season one is so exactly like season two. I think you went into um I think a lot of things that resonate in popular culture, I think that you're either I don't know, maybe I'm thinking Star Wars. We can go Star back Wars, we can go back Deadpool. to the Star Wars episodes. Um I think that there's just I think that I think there's because I think that a lot of the flaws that you're pointing out with Bioshock are things that I would point out in Gone Home, which is why I find it interesting. And I'm not saying there's like a narrative. And I think that you made your point about how it's it's more linearly structured. But I also think it's a product of Gone Home being an hour and a half experience or like a four hour experience versus a 12, 13 hour. I don't know. I just, I think ultimately, like my credo is that like it's so much easier for people to, for, for developers or writers or however, to have a like fantastical setting and do whatever they want and then throw in traditional writing into it than it is for them to try to kind of ground themselves and do something like, I mean, that's why I like Indiana Jones over Star Wars. Cause I mean, I think, I think taking it from those, those, those pulp serials from like the early twenties is more interesting than like, all right, we have, you know, a science fiction setting and we can make up the rules as we go. I just, and obviously, Star Wars and any other fanta- sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, it has an internal logic and internal rules that they abide by. But like, in in speaking as a writer myself, like I don't enjoy writing. I don't really enjoy writing sci-fi. I don't really enjoy writing fantasy. Like everything I've written is realistic or historical fiction because that's why I'm attracted to. Well, and I think like, that's why you like the. I mean, you like Call of Duty Four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 and then maybe that's just part of your taste. You know what I mean? But it's just I don't see enough of of that in games, so that's why I say I would like to see Ken Le- Levine do something more more grounded, and because he could do so well at subtle moments and character interactions, that if he didn't cloud his head with trying to build an entire new universe, I think he would do a lot better. But I think and, I think a lot of what's so strong about his work is the universes he's built. At least, at least to me, like I just I love. I mean, I go to video games for like pure escapism, and me, Dan's talked about that too. Yeah, and I think that, um, and maybe that's why I'm so drawn to, you know, these sci-fi space operas and uh, The Witcher because I can I can fully just be like I'm going to Redania or I'm going <laughs> to what's the city in Mass Effect called. Shit. The Citadel? Citadel. I'm hanging out in the Citadel with some blue blue haired ladies. Yeah. So I think that, but I, I think that that's important. I think that, you know. I think I think that's why you're so drawn to the GTA four story too. Yeah. And it's just it's like for, for like Bioshock Infinite, it's like, okay, we have this kind of utopian racist society that like reveres the founding fathers and things like that. And it's kinda like 
okay, what do you, what do you, what commentary are you trying to make? And how is this commentary done any better than if you just took the type of people that are attracted to this place and just showed them in regular society? Right. Like I, so I just I don't see I don't see how his fantastical settings do any better at commentary. In fact, I think he, it it makes them worse <laughs> than just doing it regularly. Because a lot of people don't like to be faced with reality, and yeah. when you when you show them reality, they shut down. When you tell it through parable, they they tend to appreciate it more. And we've seen that for centuries, right? I mean, what it, what is religion but parable? Um, and and so. Or they, they turn to satire to or, face the or crushing sat- or, right, or satire or comedy. That's why John Stewart's so popular. Um, Maybe that's why I don't like satire either. Do you not like The Daily Show? No, I mean, like, satire like that is fine, but, like, satire in film or other things, I mean, it's... when I mean, GTA is satire, but I'm talking about more, like... Spaceballs? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Like It's not the same. But like, I, I, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, that's parody, but... Um... I don't know. I think I, I think that there's there's a reason why these 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 games resonate with a lot of people in that way. They and, and they might not resonate with you, but there is something I think a in like human nature. But what to what Dan's saying too is that like it's a lot easier to grasp when I don't have to look at it head on. These bigger issues, or or it's a segue into getting into it. You know, Schoolhouse Rock is why I know how the Supreme Court works. Just kidding. They're elected for life. There's one chief justice. I'm saying, like, why not, why can't Ken Levine meet up with Dan and they can make the game where we replace the Supreme Court justice with a talking bench? Because that was Dan's it. idea. That was Dan's idea. He pitched that. <laughs> talking chair. Thank you. A talking chair. Sorry. Sorry. The bench. You know. You know how it'd be. Well, the, Dan, hon- the honorable judge Woody Veneer. I like it. Oh yeah. God, I like it. Yeah. I'm gonna write that down as a note. Podcast episode idea. The Honorable Judge title idea. Woody Veneer. I've got I've got a whole prototype that you can ask questions and it'll answer for you and it's fun. It's like a chatbot, basically. That's pretty cool. It is. It's really cool. The um, I have to go soon, so we gotta wrap it up. Okay. Um, you guys. So this week, uh, I'm still in Richmond. Dan's in L.A. Dylan's in Richmond. Dan, you got to play a game this week. I will. God damn it. I'm all good. I'm going to play some Stardew Valley. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Oh, yeah. You know, one thing I don't like about Stardew Valley is that there's this fantasy world that I'm farming in. And tell me, Wendy's character's blue. Dan's character's blue. Fuck your blue people. Exactly. I'm with Dan. (laughs) And if there was ever a title for a podcast. Fuck you, blue people. Fuck no, you. Probably fuck. Get, <laughs> I probably get us in trouble. No blue man group. Um, I think it'd be funny if Stardew Valley tried to tackle American imperialism. <laughs> like I play, I play you, it. You just like go and like put your farm on someone else's house, and you're like, it's, "I'm here now." No, it should tackle uh, like I'm um, bigger than you. It does tackle capitalism. Yeah, with us. Yeah, there's a big major mart in the 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 like home the local shop. I never. I was gonna say like. Uh, crop sharing, whatever that thing was called, the Grange. The so sil- back in the <sighs> keep it on the silver standard. <laughs> so farmers care about. Well, uh, Dylan, you got you do anything else this week? It's exciting. Do we get look forward to next week? Um, I might be playing another game uh, called Sons of Norn. I think is what it's called. It's another game. Uh, someone's having me take a look at. Um, so 
I'll come back with reports about that. I think it's Finish another fantasy Ori. game. I want to hear about the end of Ori. Okay. I'll, I'll try. It's not like you're not getting paid to do it. <laughs> Dan? What? <laughs> you're back on video. <laughs> Dan's back. What if he had changed shirts and he was wearing Mason's shirt? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be weird. That'd be fun. <laughs> or what if Dan just showed up in my video? Oh. Crazy. Or I was just hoping... Guys. If Dan was cool, he'd just show up and he'd be shirtless and you'd be like... <laughs> Guys, I didn't get an internship. It was a lie. It was a huge ruse. <laughs> I'm just, oh no, Dan's hashtag. <laughs> All right, well, we out, and hopefully Alex Rice will be on the next one. So, but I like this. I like this this mobile setup. This is this is convenient. It's good. Yeah, because we can just turn it on and then watch Dan's crappy LA internet fail him. Well, I'm probably gonna have shitty Pittsburgh internet in a minute. So, uh All right. Never mind. Anything else? Okay, that's it. Good. Uh, I'm hanging up. That was awful. Alright, that's better. We can end on that one. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.